Hi, I'm Spencer. And I'm Blake. And, and you're, you're about, about to, to get, get jumped. jumped. Welcome to episode 51 of Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, a weekly podcast where we watch the anime so you don't have to. But you should still totally watch it. This week on Get Jumped, we're watching Naruto with the fight between Naruto and Neji Hyuga. And we are going to be talking in our best NPR voices today because Blake is in a very echoey chamber. Nobody's noticed that yet. <laughs> They've totally already noticed it so much. You don't know. Let's go ahead and jump in. Hey, everybody. (laughs) Welcome. Uh, We are back this week with more uh, Naruto goodness, and uh, Blake is in an empty apartment because he's about to move fucking again. Yeah, well, uh, I think I've mentioned it a few times on here, but my fiancé is in the Air Force, and he... He's just finished his job training, so we're moving from where we've been to a new place, and uh, then we'll stay there for three years. So this will be the last time I move for a while. I don't know if we'll like yeah. change apartments or anything while we're there, but we're definitely not moving like locations in the larger sense for three years after this. But yeah, they uh, the movers came and got our stuff today, which that was so nice. So I've never had movers before, but one of the nice things about being in the military is the government contracts movers. And so they came and like did all the stuff and like literally aside from setting aside the things that we wanted them to not pack, like we were explicitly not supposed to do anything, like not any packing. We weren't supposed to help them. Like literally we were just supposed to like watch them to make sure that they didn't take anything we didn't want them to take. And that's it. Uh, It's nice, (laughs) but yeah. So this is literally a giant empty room and it's not even carpeted. So like there's nothing to absorb the sound. So this is just how I'm going to sound this episode. So that's be prepared, everybody. Yeah. (laughs) I, I played it back a few times on my computer just to hear if it was too bad. And I didn't think it was too bad. So hopefully it's not too bad. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so, uh, uh, news for the week. We don't have a ton other than, uh, continuing to tell people that they should vote on the next episode. Um, yeah, that's coming up soon, actually. Like we're, we have to watch that pretty soon. So don't waste time. Yeah. So, um, we released an episode last week that's letting people know that they should vote as soon as possible. So hopefully those will start coming in. Um, I, uh, I talked to somebody today, um, who said that he is very interested in seeing a, uh, a short run show. And he mentioned that Gurren Logan is something he would really like us to see and Ooh, watch. That would um, be awesome. Yeah, so I I was like, whoa, shit! I hadn't even thought of Gurren Lagann, but yeah. we have totally not done something like that. It is a giant mech show, um, yeah. so it's it's also a really weird giant mech show. So if you're totally down with that, let us know. Um, I do love Gurren Lagann. I've only watched it once though, and I haven't watched uh, all the way through it. I've only watched the first half of it um, before the time skip. Um, so if, uh, I'd be down to watch that entire thing now. So, yeah, I've only seen the first handful of episodes and read very slightly about kind of what happens in a broad sense. So I would love to watch it too. That's a great suggestion. If you would like us to watch it, please tell us if you would like us to watch something else, please tell us. (laughs) At the end of the day, Blake just wants somebody to talk to him. Dear God, am I alone? (laughs) 
sounds like you're trapped in like a cavern. You don't know. <laughs> Anyways, um, we're going to go ahead and jump in pretty quickly into these episodes of Naruto, um, which is really exciting because they finally don't suck. So previously yes. on Naruto. So Naruto is a show set in a world of ninjas. They... Uh, have societies kind of structured around ninjas, or at least as far as our protagonists interact with it. Um, we're going to follow our main protagonist, who is named Naruto, and uh, he is uh, he is a ninja in training, and he is not particularly good at it. He's kind of a loudmouth. He gets distracted easily. He's not like. He doesn't pick things up super quickly. That's kind of starting to change, but uh, up until now, he's been basically just a troublemaker, one of those kids that doesn't get enough attention at home, so he acts out. Um, He, however, has a special secret, which is that he is um, the prison for a giant nine-tailed fox demon. Um, Many years ago, when he was just born, a giant fox Uh, demon attacked his village and in order to stop its rampage the demon was sealed inside something and that something happened to be him Um, the seal was recently weakened so that he could access that power and so he's gotten a little bit of a power upgrade recently Um, the other major character we're going to be covering today is neji hyuga we met him a couple of hour episodes ago and um, he is He's sort a dick. Of, yeah, he's From a, dick. a family of dicks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's pretty stoic. He's um, about a year older than Naruto and um, is much more skilled. He, where Naruto is kind of an <laughs> idiot, Neji is kind of a savant. Um, Neji also has what's called a Keke Genkai, which is um, basically a special ability that can only be passed down genetically. And yeah, it's uh, the power to make yourself super veiny, you know, from the yeah. power of the family of dicks. <laughs> You're not helping. <laughs> so I was his... not trying to help. <laughs> <laughs> that was clear. So, uh, so his power is called the Byakugan, and it um, it basically allows him to sort of see people's energy flows and interact with them um, so he can kind of shut down your ability to do special um, techniques using chakra, um, which is like the magical energy in this world. Um, There are a couple of other characters, but I'm not going to cover them now. We'll cover them when we get to them. And um, the backdrop in the ninja world right now is that these two characters are about to meet at something called the Chunin exam, which is a big public showing for like multiple nations um, to see if they graduate to the next level of ninja. Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and jump in with episode 60, Byakugan versus Shadow Clone Jutsu. Um, most of the start of this episode, by the way, is a recap. Um, so be aware of that when you're jumping in to the I actually... Episodes. So I, I only partly agree with you. It's not... Mm. It's like sort of a recap, but it's not a recap in the way that they're like recycling footage. Like, they recycle a little bit of it, but it's peppered in with new stuff, but the new stuff doesn't introduce a lot and is really just there to drag things out in a yeah. misguided attempt to build tension. 
Yeah, so this episode is all about setting up a fight that is basically not going to happen until um, the very end of this episode and then kind of go into the next episode. Um, so uh, without much further ado than that, the, the tournament is still going on. It is in its final round, um, and there are a whole bunch of diplomats and uh, like rich people and uh uh, politicians that have come from all over these different ninja villages um, to watch this exam for a couple of reasons. Uh, the first and foremost is that uh, one of the most powerful ninjas, uh, ninja clans that has ever existed, the final member of that clan is going to be fighting in this tournament, and they want to see this happen, which is going to be Sasuke Uchiha. Um, and so they they mentioned that in one of the later episodes, but it's it's really obvious that there are way more people than there usually are at these exams, and it's it's uh, explicitly said that that is the reason why. Um, the person that is arriving at uh, the this exam that's very, very important, um, but hasn't really been revealed yet, um, or at least his face hasn't been revealed yet, is going to be uh, the Kazikage. Wait, Kazikage, right? Yeah. It, yeah this is the, confusing, so... Naruto's world has about five different great nations, and they're each like the land of something with a village hidden in the something. And the land of something and the village hidden in the something never match up. So, like, our main characters live in Konoha, which is the village hidden in the leaves, but they're in the land of fire. And, like, so these people are from the... They're from the land of wind, but they're from the village hidden in the sand but like and that's where the kazakage is from right because kaze means wind and o means fire yeah and the kazakage is the is he the father of uh gara right yes gara and ten ten and right and we learned in we learned an episode or two ago in naruto time and one episode ago in podcast time that uh gara's father is pretty fucked up and oh, yeah. did some really horrible shit to basically torture Gara to make him into a monster. And then when he succeeded, realized that he had made too much of a monster and tried to kill him a lot. Yeah. Anyways, um, they're going to be talking about this. Uh, Naruto and Neji are going to be the very first fight that is going to go up. Um, there's a lot of backdrop where people are like remembering things that happened and also noticing that in the bracket when they reveal like who's going to be fighting, that one of the people that passed the other exam does did not actually make it to this exam. Um, and that is because uh, we're going to see through a flashback with... Uh, Gara's face, you know, silhouetted over the front of it at the same time that Gara's just straight up murdered that guy. So yeah, he is not which is footage. It's footage that we've seen before. It was in a previous episode, but they're going to make sure that you know it because they're going to replay the whole thing today. But kind of artsy, yeah, yeah. And they're going to get they're going to get ready to fight. Uh, Naruto's going to hold out his fist for so long at Neji. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, we have to have a gonna... full flashback of that as well. <laughs> He's going to tell him all about all the things that he's going to, you know, fight against and for and why he's fighting and who he's fighting against and who he's fighting for. Yeah. And did I mention that what I'm fighting for and who I'm fighting for? Oh, yeah. And my ninja way. I'm going to talk about that for a minute as well. Watch as I put my hand in some blood at this weird time in this past. Yeah. Oh, my God. So it's like. Shut it, up. <laughs> it's um, it's basically like. What you need to know is that Neji's whole worldview is that you are what you're born into. 
So if you're successful, when it's because you're destined for it. If you're a failure, it's because you're destined for it. And therefore, no matter how much you struggle, you can't change that. Um, this has translated to Neji being a big dick. And so he basically like talks shit to Naruto and Naruto's friends about how they're losers because they're, they are born losers and there's nothing they can do about it. Naruto's yeah. whole deal is the opposite which is basically that like he has been an outcast his whole life, but his aspiration is to be the Hokage. He wants to be the village leader specifically because he wants everyone to look up to him. So he is fighting the other fight where he's trying to become stronger and improve himself and change his destiny. Um, and I've, I've mentioned this a few times, but uh, it is generally good writing advice that the villain or antagonist in this case should be in some way a mirror image of your hero by either being them but on a different path or by being the direct opposite of one of their strong beliefs. And Neji is a great antagonist for Naruto for exactly that reason. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so they're going to start their fight. Uh, Naruto is going to show that he has a shadow clone jutsu that he can do, uh, make a couple of different shadow clones and try to fight against Neji. Uh, Neji is going to quickly defeat all of those shadow clones and knock Naruto back a couple of times until the point where Naruto gets very upset and then makes a lot of shadow clones. And then the episode is going to be over. They drag out this fight and they do not do any of the really cool stuff until this next episode. So I'm very excited to jump into episode 61 ultimate defense, zero blind spot, where we get to see one of the most annoying attacks in uh, the Naruto fighting game, which is the fucking <laughs> Neji spinning attack. It's I so hate good. That shit so much. <laughs> you used to play as that stupid character. <laughs> yeah, I was so good at that. Like Spencer, whatever Spencer's timing was, I figured it out to the point that I could defend against it almost every time, and it made him so mad. <laughs> it's because Except I was if to you fight with Lee. Yeah, it was was it Lee or Guy? There was one of those yeah. that was so fast, and I couldn't stop you, and I that made me so mad. <laughs> Yeah. The Ninja Storm games are really fun. <laughs> yeah. Cool. So, um, Kabuto has, uh, he's killed an Anbu person, so he's up to something. Um, <laughs> and, uh, he's gonna be making some mischief in the near future. By near future, I mean some amount of episodes in the future. Um, not, not this episode in podcast time, but, uh, two episodes from now, I think. Yeah. Um, he uses a bunch of fucking shadow clones, um, to try to like tackle Neji. He, he uses so many at the same time that Neji has to use his ultimate technique, which is the spinning slappy technique. <laughs> the spinning slappy it. technique. I heard, it. I heard it as I said it. And it's too ridiculous to not stop. It's not wrong, which is the weird part. <laughs> He's got that spinny slappy technique, you know, where he spins and also slaps. Yeah, um, so so basically Neji is able to expel chakra from his hands while spinning in a circle and sort of waving his hands around really fast. And the effect is that it creates a dome of impenetrable energy around him that will harm and expel you or any attacks coming into it. And it's really sweet, but Spencer is absolutely right. It is technically just him spinning around and slapping the air. <laughs> 
So uh, the other technique that he's going to use on Naruto in very quick succession is going to be uh, this uh, other attack called the 8 trigram 64 palms technique. Um, he um, is going to reveal that he has this through a stance. And as soon as he goes into this stance, um, the person that is looking on the older version of the, the Hyuga clan... It's um, Hiyashi is his name. He's Hinata's father. Yeah, and it's going to be revealed that he is the uncle of uh, of Neji as well, and um, he is seeing this, and he says inside of his head that like um, his brother was really cut off from this. He should have been the person to um, to take over this clan because he learned this naturally without being taught. He taught this to himself, and it is this crazy attack where he attacks all of these different pressure points on Naruto's body and, uh, ostensibly, like, cutting off all of the chakra circulation throughout his entire body. Yeah, and the chakra... So there's something called chakra nodes, and I, I think that this is something you might be familiar with if you do yoga... Um, or if you're familiar with like some Eastern religions that reference chakra, I believe that this is based either directly or loosely around that theory. Um, but I don't know enough personally to say for sure. So sorry if I'm way off base. But um, essentially, at least in Naruto world, the your the chakra is basically your life energy, and in, in the show, it allows you to do spectacular magical things. Um, and there are 64 nodes on your body where chakra flows through. And so Neji's ability, um, his eight tetragram 64 palms essentially hits you two times, then two, uh, four times, then eight, then 16 and so on until you get to 64. And by the time you get 64, he hits every single one of your chakra nodes and his, ability um given to him by the byakugan is that he can shut down your chakra or speed it up when he hits you so i think speeding it up would basically make it uncontrollable so it would be similar to shutting it down but um suffice to say he he shuts down naruto's chakra and naruto's in a bad way yeah um, Naruto's gonna fall on the ground, be very hurt. At the same time, uh, Hinata is going to go into a crazy fit of coughing, and she starts coughing up blood. Um, uh, uh, Kiba, who is gonna be with her... <laughs> so... Kibo, who's with her, is trying to get her to a doctor. One of the Anbu clan, though, is going to see that she is um, she is kind of going down. The Anbu, again, is going to be the Black Ops. Um, he is also going to reveal that he is an uh, Anbu member that is a healing, um, like he's a medical ninja. Um, yeah. And he's going to start healing Hinata. And you think to yourself, hmm, who is also a medical ninja that might be an Anbu person? Yeah, this is so (laughs) weird because, like, this is clearly Kabuto. Why is he (laughs) healing her? I don't know. I, like, I thought to myself for a minute, I was like, is he trying to get her so he could, like, take her eyes? You know, get her eyes? (laughs) Her special eyes? eyes. Cut his eye! (laughs) Yeah. Anyways... Back to the fight, because that doesn't really matter. Um, in the Inside of the fight, Naruto is going to uh, barely stand up inside of the fight. Um, and at the same time, Neji is going to show off that he is part of a branch family inside of uh, the Hyuga clan. 
Um, it turns out inside of the Hugo clan, there is the main clan, the, so the main family, and then there are the branch families. And then the branch families are the ones that have to um, take care of the main family so that they can keep the Byakugan from falling into like bad people's hands. The way that they do this is being marked on their forehead with this X with these two lines, which is a demon mark, I think they call it. Um, a curse mark, at least a in curse the mark. translation that I watched. Yeah. So this curse mark has the ability to make the person go into um, horrible pain if uh, if invoked by somebody from the main clan. Um, and that is to keep them subservient as the branch family. Um, yeah, it's real messed up. Yeah, it's super, super messed up. Um, but uh, we're going to find out some more about that past as the next episode is all fucking about that. Um, so the only other thing that you need to see in this episode is that uh, Neji and Naruto, um, they are going to get in. Uh, in has, has he already shown his ability or is that the next episode where he goes like full on, you know, Fox Chakra? Um, that's a really good question. Um, it, I think it's, it's the next one. Cause the next one's all about Naruto sort of getting back in it. Yeah. And he calls Naruto a failure and, uh, Naruto was like, I don't know. Uh, like I may be a failure, but I'm going to show you the true power of a failure. It doesn't make any sense. I don't understand why he says that. Um, it's kind of a dumb sentence. But whatever. Uh, I actually <laughs> disagree with you. I think that this is one of the best instances that we've seen of Naruto being a hero. And it's essentially him saying, like, um, he, I, I think he's basically leaning into Neji's worldview that you are born as a failure or as a success. And he's basically saying, like, okay, I'm a failure, but, like, watch what I can do. And, yeah. and I like, guess that makes sense when he's talking about later on, he's like, the the clone jutsu was my worst jutsu, and that's why it's my best jutsu, because yeah. it, like, it made me fail so much that I had to overcome it. Yeah, he fucking drops the mic at the end of this battle. It's really awesome. Yeah. Um, the other thing that's going to happen um, in this that we're going to find out about is this uh, flashback to the past about the uh, Hyuga clan, which is all about how the, um, the village... What is it, the lightning village? Um, yeah. The village hidden in the sand, though, right? And, no, no, that's the clouds. clouds. Yeah. Yeah. Hidden, uh, the village hidden in the clouds is going to be uh, all fucking terrible. Apparently, they were in a war um, with, the, with the, um, the village hidden in the leaves for a long time. They reached a truce. And then the when they came with like their diplomats, they tried to uh, to take Hinata away, and the person that tried to take Hinata away uh, got murked so fast by the, so the head fast. of the Yuka clan. He comes out and he just like hits him in the stomach one time, and then they're like, and he died. <laughs> yeah, the Hugas are not to be fucked with. Yeah, um, we do find out though that because of that, um, the the lightning emissaries they did not um admit to doing anything wrong so they were starting kind of like a they were going to start a war because of it so they were demanding that somebody else die so that their one person didn't die in vain which yeah, is basically also a they thing. they acknowledge that their emissary was killed but not that he was killed trying to abduct somebody from their village and refuse to acknowledge that part. So it becomes essentially a diplomatic situation where one village is 
not acknowledging reality so that they can make the other village out to be the villain if they don't acquiesce to their demands. And what they're actually trying to do is get the secret of the Hyuga clan's Keke Genkai. They want to know how the Byakugan works. And this is something we've seen before. In the first arc of Naruto, we learned that there are these people in the ninja world that go and recover the corpses of ninja from their villages to prevent other villages from finding out the secrets of their chakra by like doing an autopsy on them. So like there's something about the way that chakra techniques work in your body in the Naruto world that is kind of stored in you. And so basically they're trying to steal Hinata away so that they can either deconstruct or reverse manufacture the Byakugan. And so this is kind of a a win-win situation for them. They have put the Leaf Village in a bad place politically by not acknowledging what they did, and the Leaf doesn't really have any any proof, so they can't back themselves up. And they demand that the head of the Hyuga clan be given, like his corpse be given to them as compensation for the corpse that they were given by their dignitary. So either way, they're going to get the Byakugan. So... This, we find out it, basically that um, Neji's dad was the fall guy. We're going to find out a little bit more and a little bit more nuance about it in a minute after the fight is over. But right now, Neji just is pissed about that. Mm-hmm. So this episode is episode 62, A Failure's True Power. Um, Neji and uh, Naruto are in the heat of battle. Neji is knocking Naruto down over and over and over and over again and to the point where Naruto is like, I have to do something. And then he remembers, uh, you know, luckily enough, that he has all of this crazy other chakra and he can only access it when he can't access his other normal chakra, which is very good because that's what Neji has done to him. And Jiraiya is, you know, I assume somewhere peeking on girls. Um, anyways, um, (laughs) yeah. Um, so Naruto activates this chakra. It starts to come up around his body. There's a lot of power up, uh, moments inside of this and a lot of Tintin being a total bitch. She says so many times, she's just like, what did you expect? You idiot. It's Neji. You idiot. Why are you so stupid? You idiot. To be fair, she is Neji's teammate, so it's appropriate of her to both root for him and understand that he is very powerful. She's just so mean. She does talk a lot of shit. Yeah, and it's mostly in her head, and sometimes out loud. And also, when she does it out loud, I'm like, who is she doing this to? Like, (laughs) nobody's sitting with her. Yeah, everybody hates (laughs) Tenten. Anyways, um... Back to the fight, Naruto has released this chakra, and at the same time, Neji's like, what the fuck? Um, because he's, like, watching, and he's like, it doesn't even look like chakra. It, yeah. It, I can't even tell what's happening. Um, we're going to find out way later on that this is called a fox cowl. Um, it is a specialty cha- kind of chakra that comes from um, the demon fox, and because it is so such powerful chakra that can almost turn into something you can touch. It is, um, it is hard to tell the difference between it and like a physical, actual representation of the Fox itself. So that's why this chakra is so weird looking to the Byakugan. It is visually represented as red, whereas most chakra is represented as blue. 
Um, mm-hmm. it, this is also particularly surprising to Neji because he, using his technique, Naruto shouldn't even be able to move. I mean, he was able to stand up on his own, and now suddenly he's pouring forth chakra, and not only is it chakra, but it is a lot, and it's dangerous, and it's unfamiliar. So this yeah, is like then, this is totally against the rules of having been hit by Neji's ability. Yeah, and then Neji's just like paying attention to Naruto, and Naruto just straight up fucking disappears from in front of him. He it's moves awesome. so fast, he's just behind Neji all of a sudden. And Neji, because he has a Byakugan, can notice things you know very quickly if they're in his range of sight, but he, not yeah, things he moving super fast. He explicitly has almost three hundred sixty degree vision. Mm-hmm. Um, but Naruto is moving so fast that it's putting him on the backswing. Yeah, so as soon as he's back into like a slowed down position so he can throw a shuriken at uh, at Neji, Neji's like, oh shit, how did he get behind me? And he like stops it just barely. Then Naruto's just like, you want close combat? I'll give you close combat. And he just like runs super fast up at Neji, and then they just start trading blows back and forth. It's There's a really such... sweet fight scene. There's a sweet moment, too, where, like, Naruto throws some shuriken at Neji, and Neji, like, protects himself by doing the sphere thing, and then he catches the shuriken and throws them back at Naruto, who has leapt off of a wall straight at him. So he's, like, flying through the air with nothing to move, and Naruto just vanishes. Like, he's so strong, he can just change direction in in midair so fast that you lose sight of him. Yeah, he's crazy powerful when he puts on the fox cowl. It's um, awesome. So he um, he's shooting around Neji. He's fighting him close combat. Um, if you want to watch, there's a lot of things that happen in very quick succession inside of this fight. Um, but just uh, at the end of the fight happens where they um, they throw a shuriken at each other, then meet each other midair. Um, Naruto throws some punches at Neji. Neji is barely able to pull them from aside to kind of throw them back at Naruto at the same time, which is one of his powers. Um, is to kind of divert strength, and they both go slamming into the ground on either side. At the same time this is happening, there is more flashbacks with more Byakugan stuff, and more about this family, and how they were treated terribly, and there's a whole thing about Hinata, and how she turned three, and how he was also three at the same time. There, There's a whole thing that happens in, like, reverse order. That's, yeah. that's not super important to the fight right now. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's good storytelling, but we've pretty much covered it. Like, he got a curse mark. He's from the, the Splinter family. He hates it. He resents the fact that he was born this way. It's informed his worldview that alongside, like, his father dying for his uncle. Like, that's why he's so bitter and why he has this, like, really fatalistic worldview. And, like, that's really all you need to know. The story... It's good. Like, we sh- we talk shit a lot about Naruto. And, like, it's because Naruto tells its story in a really uh, inefficient way. Um, it it's really drags things out. It really drags its feet. It throws in a lot of unnecessary flashbacks. Um, but, like, episodes 61 and 62 are really good. And the fight starts... And in, like, the last five minutes of 60 or so, and, like, I would say, like, 60 is kind of flawed, but, like, 61 and 62, they're not perfect episodes, but they're really good. And they are also yeah. some some of the best reason to like Naruto. It's a good fight. It's a fight that involves not only cool powers, but also clever thinking. It is a fight that shows you why Naruto is a hero that you can root for. 
it's a fight that uses flashbacks well instead of derailing the story. Like these are good episodes and this is a good fight. Yeah, finally. Anyway, <laughs> um no, so uh Neji is going to get into a gloating mood um and he is going to stand over Naruto uh, or he's going to stand back and look at Naruto's body which seems to be oh. much more broken than his. Um <laughs> and <laughs> He's going to get to a point where he's like, um, he's like, I told you you couldn't stand up for yourself. I told you that you couldn't beat me. Um, you're in your place. You need to stay in your place. You're born into something. You might need to stay into it. And he releases You're on the right the- track, baby. You were born this way. Yeah. He releases his Byakugan. He lowers his guard. And as soon as he does, Naruto breaks under the ground from underneath him and punches him so hard in the chin that he literally can't move anymore. Yeah, um, so basically, Naruto tricked him by leaving a clone of himself playing possum, essentially, making it look like Neji had won, but also the body of the clone was obscuring the hole that the real Naruto was digging through. And they also do they do a lot to show you that Naruto's fingernails are bloody, and that's because he was digging with his hands through the dirt to yep. win and it's like it's kind of it's kind of weird because they cut to it a lot but basically what they're showing you is like naruto wanted this and he went for it and he tried really hard and he came out on top and essentially what the show is telling you like the moral of the story is like if you try really hard and you set your sights on something like you can achieve it but you got to push yourself yeah so Naruto is declared the winner, and then we have uh, the funniest name of a Naruto episode, which is sixty-three. Hit it or quit it. The final round gets com- complicated. It's are you gonna so hit it or are you gonna quit it? <laughs> Anyways, um, so everybody's excited about Naruto. Um, Neji is being taken off of the field. Um, Naruto, uh, says that thing where he drops the mic at one point about how, like, his failure became his success. That's um, actually at the then... end of the previous episode. Um, so you, you don't have to watch this one to see that, although this isn't a bad episode either. Yeah. yeah. And then we So have basically, the... Naruto mic drop is essentially, Neji says, oh, you used your shadow clone to trick me because it's your best jutsu. And Naruto goes, I failed the, the... Um, exam at Ninja Academy three times because they had us do clone jutsu and it was my worst move. So you don't like you don't get to make an excuse because you're not a failure like me. And it's pretty moving. Like Naruto just won as like he he sort of claimed the title of failure, like accepted Neji's designation of failure, and then beat him anyway. And then at the end, when Neji's lying there, he's like, if I'm a failure and you're not, then you need to do better than this. Mm-hmm. It's pretty yeah. great. Yeah. So uh, we get the whole conversation about the Kazikage talking to um, the, the Hokage about how what he wanted to see is Sasuke fight. Um, Sasuke is still not there. Um, there is also uh, a couple of flashback things where we reveal that... Um, that uh, Sasuke was training with um, uh, with Kakashi. Um, we also revealed that Gara was watching them as they trained, um, and he tried to come out at one point, and Kakashi noticed him, and he's like, I could feel your bloodlust from, like, a mile away. Um, and uh, then they decide to skip over the fight of Sasuke um, so that they could uh, give Sasuke more time to get to the arena and show himself. 
Um, the next fight, yeah, though, basically because Shino... everybody is here to see this fight, and so if, mm-hmm. if they were to like disqualify him according to the rules, there would be riots in the streets. Yeah. So the next fight is between Shino and Kankuro. I say that, and I'm mad every day that this fight doesn't happen because I want to see the bug user against the puppet user, but Conqueror concedes the match because he doesn't want to give away his power of using this puppet. So we get a different fight, uh, but luckily it's another awesome fight. Uh, we get the fight uh, between... Doo, 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 what is her name? I can never remember her name. Of Tamari. Tamari. So Tamari is going to fight against... Um, Shikamaru and Shikamaru. Yeah, shut up. Um, Shikamaru and Tamari are going to um, are going to fight. uh, Not in this episode. They're going to basically talk at each other for a minute, and then uh, we're going to learn all about how Shikamaru doesn't like to do anything. Um, And then we're also going to watch his, you know, um, weird. I always eat chips. Friend eat. Um, and then we're going to basically cut to the next episode, which is episode 64, um, Zero Motivation, The Guy with the Cloud Envy. Um, the Guy with Cloud Envy? What does that yeah. even mean? <laughs> he's in, yeah, so he's envious of a cloud. He actually literally says it in this episode, which is, remember that. it's basically like he envies clouds for being able to be so free like the the point is that he is so lazy that he would like to just be a cloud uh you know metaphorically speaking like drifting through life with no responsibilities because he's lazy that's pretty much it anyways um so this fight is um it's pretty sweet and pretty fast and uh i would like to just talk about that fight so let's go ahead and get the other thing out of the way the other thing that is going to have happened in these past two episodes, I can't remember if it's this one or the one before, is we find out that uh, Neji's father sacrificed himself for his brother because it was the first thing that he got to do as a free man. He had spent his whole life uh, being caged as this branch family, and he was never able to make his own decision. The leader of the Hyuga clan, he is the one that actually killed the ninja hidden in the clouds, but he didn't want to, um, he, he wanted to sacrifice himself because he had done it. And his brother was like, uh, no, I'm going to do this for you. It's my pleasure to do this for you. And he tells him, no, you can't do this for me. I won't let you. And he's like, no, you're not going to tell me what to do. I'm going to do this. And it's because I love you. It's not because I feel like I'm, I'm forced to do this. And it's a really beautiful moment in storytelling in Naruto. We don't have a, a ton of these in the first season of, or the first arc of Naruto, which is a little bit frustrating, but this moment is really beautiful. Um, yeah, it, it's also it, important because this is transmitted to Neji, not only by Hiyashi, his uncle, the one who survived, but also in a letter from his father that he recognizes as his father's handwriting. So there's basically irrefutable proof that his dad sacrificed himself. And Neji, basically Neji's understanding was that his dad had been sacrificed, not that he had sacrificed himself, which changes Neji's entire worldview. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. Yeah. Um, Let's get back to the fight, though, because the fight is pretty sweet, and we're going to have a lot of conversations about how fucking smart Shikamaru is and how fucking lazy Shikamaru is. 
they're going to talk about it a lot while we watch fucking his teacher never smoke that cigarette. He is just <laughs> chewing on a cigarette the whole time and talking about how, like, Shikamaru is lazy, but he's always thinking tons of moves ahead. He starts this fight with Tamari. Tamari is, like, blasting wind blasts at him all the time. Um, and he's, like, jumping back, and it looks like he's just trying to, like, stay away from her. But what he's trying to do is trying to lure her a little bit closer to the wall where he is getting extra shadow from. And then he uses the shadow to try to reach out and grab her shadow because his ability is uh, the shadow... Uh, what is it? Um, uh, shadow shadow prison technique? Yeah. Uh, anyways. <laughs> so he almost gets her a few times and what's cool is like so he almost gets her but she jumps out of the like out of his range and then she puts a mark in the sand and then a little bit later in the fight he extends his shadow again and it gets it passes the mark and she manages to jump away just in time and she realizes that he has gotten more range because the sh- the sun is going down slowly and the mm-hmm. shadow of the wall is getting larger which gives him um which gives him uh, a longer shadow reach and then he almost gets her again by doing this fucking sweet move where he takes off his jacket and ties it around a kunai and like throws it up in the air and it slowly floats down and creates a no, shadow no, no. So here's what he did, and I I looked this up a couple of times, and then looked it up in the manga. What he did was when she attacked one time, while he one time while he was fighting in the hiding in the trees, he jumped and threw the kunai with the thing, and it caught the wind blast from her, and that wind blast raised it really far up into the air. That's what he fucking did. Okay, it's just mm-hmm. awesome. It just shows that Shikamaru like is way fucking ahead of you. He's very smart. He has to think very like he he does this thing where he makes like a box with his hands um, and that's like his thinking pose like a like a chess master um, and he's thinking like uh, tons of moves ahead um, and that is one of the things that he thought up with the things that are provided for him in the inside of the arena. Yeah, but you know what's so cool is like so the the kunai with the parachute finally floats down and its shadow hits the arena right at the edge of his shadow, which allows him to extend it out. And Tamari is almost caught off guard, but she dodges again. And his shadow gets extra extended because the the thing is drifting down. So the shadow is getting bigger and bigger and giving him more reach. And she finally dodges like all the way over the arena out of his reach. And then she's like, okay, I know how, like you basically see her. She's pretty analytical too. And she's thinking like, okay, how can I take this guy down? Um, So you see her thinking through her moves and then she gets caught. And it turns out that every single move that Shikamaru made up to now was to give her false sense of security. Like he, if he had gotten her, sure, he would have her already. But the deal is like what he was actually doing was he was basically Pavloving her into thinking that she was safe so that she wouldn't look behind her. And he uses the hole that Naruto dug earlier to send his shadow underneath her and come out behind her and get her while she's thinking. It's awesome. Yep. 
And then the last thing that he does is he raises his hand and says he concedes. And the reason why is he's like, look, I could have gotten you. I had a lot more moves that I could have taken you down with. Specifically 200 moves ahead. Yeah, but I'm almost out of chakra and I don't want to fight anyways anymore because it's gotten really boring and I don't want to do this. So he just concedes. And everybody in the audience is like, meh. What's great, too, is that, like, (laughs) later on, after all of this is said and done, we will find out that Shikamaru is the only one who passes. (laughs) Like, everybody else that takes the exam does not become a Chunin, except Shikamaru, (laughs) because he showed how brilliant he is. Yeah, that's fun. Anyways, um, this is all of Naruto for this week. It seems to blitz by when we're more interested in the show and we just want to talk about it. Um, But uh, as a reminder, stick around uh, through the credits and also vote for the show to replace Fully Fully. Blake and Spencer Get Jumped is made by Forever Summer Productions. With sound editing done by Rashad English of Plain English Productions. He's our level five sound wizard. Our podcast is ad free and we want to keep it that way. If you want to keep it that way, too, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Patreon members get exclusive member content and unlock group perks. Follow us on Twitter at B&S Get Jumped. Like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Blake and Spencer Get Jumped. Or talk to us on Reddit at Reddit.com slash R slash Get Jumped. If you like the show, please like, subscribe, and leave a review. Reviews help us chart on iTunes. And remember, new episodes come out every Sunday on your favorite podcast platform. Next time on Blake and Spencer Get Jumped. Hello? Oh, shit. Did did I call the wrong number? (sighs) Okay. I'll, I'll figure this out.